People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Again, wrestling fans, to another episode of the 20 by 20 Ring Crew. We are your crew, Matt. I'm alongside with Joe. What's up? And the top of the ticket for us to talk about today is controversy because, like Eric Bischoff once said, controversy creates cash, or in this case, it changes the name of a WrestleMania match. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're talking about the fabulous moolah. Battle Royal that was uh, set to take place at WrestleMania 34, the inaugural Women's Battle Royal for the events, and due to a lot of uh, buzz from the internet, a lot of negative buzz from the internet, and including a petition, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the WWE has decided to continue on with the Battle Royal, but change the name to it. Uh, I don't actually have the name in front of me, but I know it's just pretty much a generic women's battle royal or something like along those lines. Yeah, now they're just calling it the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. Yeah, so it's just very, very plain, very, very basic. Uh, the fabulous Moolah. I, I know for me, growing up, she was always just her and Mae Young were the two crazy old ladies. Uh, from it wasn't until I grew up to realize what they meant to the business, and it wasn't until maybe about a year ago. When I realized, learned even more about the Fabulous Moolah, and it's really not that good as far as what I've what I've read about her. And you know, let, look, we're not here to speak ill of the deceased, but when it comes to something along these lines, it's it, it has to be talked about. Unfortunately, even if they're not here to defend themselves anymore, care to elaborate a little bit to what what the issue is with the Fabulous Moolah and having this match named after her? So, for those of you who don't know, the Fabulous Moolah has a lot of negative connotation associated with her name uh, or her character in wrestling. She is dubiously credited with uh, training uh, an entire generation of women's wrestlers. Kind of like a a half-assed way, a certain way where they were they were doing more of um you know hair pulling and and things like that as opposed to wrestling to further the progress of women's wrestling in the industry um i know that's that's a big issue with a lot of of people and a lot of wrestling historians she would train these girls and she would she she would get paid to train them so she would charge them charge them money to train them and then on top of that essentially like enter them into i guess you could say a form of slavery almost to where not only was she making a cut of their uh from training them she was also taking money from them for room and board which she demanded that they stay and rent duplex uh, apartments on her property so she would get rent money and utility money on top of the money she's getting from them from training to be a wrestler. A lot of speculation over the years and rumors have come out to uh, you'd have other talents uh, state that she wouldn't even uh, be training them most of the time. She would have 
other students in the class train the rest of the students. But she would still take that cut out of out of everyone's pay. And to make matters worse, if if she wasn't already garnering enough money from these these women, she would also take money from their booking. They're in upwards of 25%. Uh, that that number's been thrown around quite a bit. So you 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 have Mula um, diversifying her her income streams, <laughs> I guess, but at the expense of all these women wrestlers or would be women wrestlers at the time, and that's where all this stems from. Later on, we get into the incident with Wendy Richter, and if you're not familiar, it is uh, referred to as the original screw job. Uh, that took place in uh, what was it, 1985? Yeah, November of 1985. So November is just not a good month. Uh, if you're going to be screwed, Cause it's it's probably going to happen in November. Twelve years, yeah, twelve years prior to uh, to the Montreal screw job, the one that everybody talks about, uh, Wendy Richter was set to defend, or she already defended, I believe, recently a her women's championship, and she agreed to do a match with a an unknown opponent that was just known as the Spider. Or Spider Lady or, or something. Spider Lady, one of the two. One of the two, yeah. And there was a, a part of the match that was unknown to, to happen where Spider rolls up Wendy in, in a roll-up, in which Wendy kicks out at, like, one. Yeah, she she definitely kicks out at one. It's it's very visible. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, you can't, there's no question to it at all. And the referee continues to count. Very at, swiftly. Very swiftly, and... And then the match ends, and I believe it was Gorilla Monsoon that was doing commentary. Yes, Gorilla Monsoon was commentating. And I don't, I don't know if he knew what was going on, but he definitely, if he did, he definitely saw it because he's like, "What, what, what's going on here?" And uh, Winnie Richter continues to attack the Spider Woman, Spider Lady, whatever, and then she eventually unmasks, and it's the Fabulous Moolah, and this all comes down to very much, very similar to the Bret Hart situation where. You have a champ whose contract is is up, and in this case, she wasn't forced out like Bret Hart was. It was more or less there was a lot of anger from Vince McMahon that she didn't resign, and therefore we're going to take that title from her before she could leave. There is a discrepancy out there with this. Um, you you might come across information stating that Wendy Richter said she was still under her original five year contract when this happened. So there seems to be a little bit of a discrepancy in in that situation. Obviously, neither Matt or myself were there. <laughs> you know, I was a little kid at the time, and uh, Matt wasn't even born. <laughs> so it, it's hard to say what what is the truth of the matter. But eventually, you know, obviously, there's some situation where. Vince McMahon apparently didn't trust her or was mad at her for not resigning with them. And he took it upon himself to do business for her, as they would say. And he, he enlisted the help of Moolah to get that done. And Moolah got in the ring and broke apart from from whatever they had worked out for the match. And she just rolled her up and pinned her really quick. And the referee was obviously in it because he still counted very quickly to get the match over. And there you go, the title changes hands back to when, uh, back to the fabulous Moolah as the spider and back to the company for sure yeah yeah I, i'm just i'm not i'm not seeing a whole lot of good unfortunately 
And then we, we get on to the subject of pimping. Yes, there's a, there's a rumor out there that what she would do is when uh, her students would get booked in other territories, I guess that was part of the deal worked by Moolah. Moolah would be like, hey, I'll give you, you know, one of my students to go work in your territory and basically the some of the the owners of the territories would kind of want you know extra extra things to go on in the is part of the deal and moolah would basically set that up for them and basically tell the girls like look you're gonna do this it's part of the deal or you don't work and from the sound of it it seems like when it did happen it happened because these girls were afraid they wouldn't get work anywhere else. And that was doing part to the way Mula was training them. And, you know, they, they felt like, or they probably felt like they had to take every booking possible in order to pay the money that they would eventually owe her. Because she wasn't allowing them to make very much money or, or live off of much money. Yeah, so when it comes to the Fabulous Mula here you know, you know again it's it's unfortunate that this is only now like becoming mainstream knowledge for a lot of people um because she's not here to defend herself per se but unfortunately you you have to you have to take all this into account and wwe certainly did um I, well they they did but let's let's face facts it's not like they didn't know they didn't know the reputation i mean Clearly, when it came to the screw job, they were part of that. I mean, this took place in WWE, t- uh, in WWE ring. But my question to you, then, let's uh, let's just say, for all intents and purposes, did they do the right thing by taking her name out of the match? Yes, uh, they did. Uh, you uh, let, let's face it; they are a much more public company these days. They don't need any negative backlash they don't need a a negative pr from from any of this um especially with other similar movements going on uh you know the me too movement yes you know situations like that you don't you i mean that's just smart business you 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 wouldn't want to attract that negative attention to yourself yeah and and for for them to I'm sure they weren't trying to sit there and glorify that aspect of the fabulous moolah. No, I, I, but at I the don't same, see that. Yeah, but at the same time, it's it's easily built up to be that they are glorifying her character. And I think that's part of the problem with the the WWE as a company. You know, they, they market their fan base as the WWE universe. And within that universe, unfortunately, you have a lot of fans who are just closed-minded because that is all they, like, that is their wrestling life, their sports entertainment life. There's so much to be involved with in that universe that you don't really look outside that universe for anything. And let's face it, a lot of the younger fans these days, it's like you said, this is, for a lot of people, this is the first time people are hearing about this. Yeah. Uh, although it was obviously a situation for decades, you have you have a lot of different factors going on. And again, I'm not in the head of the company. You know, I'm not in Vince McMahon's head or whoever decided to name the battle royal after her. I'm I'm just assuming that they wanted a quote unquote reputable 
legacy, a legacy uh, female wrestler to throw, the, you know, put their name out there as part of a, a women's match to kind of spice it up for WrestleMania season. Is there anything wrong with that? No. But there's enough information out there to where enough people knew, enough smart fans knew, hey, there's other women you could be putting uh, putting out there instead of the fabulous moolah. And, and why would you want to? Because, let's face it, again, fabulous moolah, definitely not the, the best person here uh, morally when it comes down to it. Yeah, you know, when it comes to the argument with the fabulous moolah, Look, there's 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 two sides to, not two sides to the story, but uh, well, I guess there is. But there's two types of, of of people that have an opinion on this, and I can understand both sides. I've listened to both sides because, as you mentioned, this is just one example of of many that it's is occurring, especially this day and age with the like you said with the Me Too movement and everything that's going on in Hollywood. Uh, for example, in, in other areas too, and you can argue, say, well, you know what, she didn't put a gun to the head and make these girls uh, sell themselves, their bodies, or or she didn't make them go to the school. They could have gone somewhere else, and if they felt this was their only way into the business, then that's on them. I can I can hear that argument. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. Actually, I I I don't agree with that a hundred percent. There's some things that I can take and say, yeah, maybe. But at the same time, I'm not going to try to put myself in somebody else's shoes because that's really the only way you can understand the way that they think is by, you know, taking a walk in their shoes and seeing what their life was going on at that time. My thing is the fabulous Moolah knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing was wrong. It was disgusting on so many levels. And it it just became, it, it, from the sound of it, it just becomes a, a, a power trip and a, a greed. Uh, agreed in its in, in its worst form, and whether whether this is a hundred percent true or not, I I agree with you that WWE made the right choice. Whether it was Vince making a decision or not, they probably should have known better to even do this in the first place. Because I, I guess the problem is, like you said, with the WWE universe, they they're the only things that exist. So by them doing this, they, they, they made me their shell shocked. Well, I, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Like, I didn't even know this, you know, this and that. And it's like, come on. Like, you you knew, you know how smart the, the fan base is for the most part. And with everything that's going on right now, everything that's going on in the world, it says, I, if you're a publicly traded company, which they are, I would take a little more caution with the decisions that I made, especially for something like this, especially when you're trying to push women's wrestling into the forefront, saying not only is women wrestling good, finally in WWE, but it's like we're we want to treat it the same level as as men, and we should the same way that we talked about with the, the Royal Rumble match that you know you can pay tribute to women from the past, like a Trish Stratus, like a Lita. And have them in that match because it's like, hey, you kind of helped, or not you kind of, but you helped pave the way. So by doing this, you should have a woman that says, hey, you helped, even before there was a revolution, there you helped pave that way for women wrestling to be respected. And it certainly doesn't sound like the fabulous Moolah did that. Uh, Mae Young was, was a candidate. Maybe they didn't go with her because they had... The May Young Classic last year. She already has her thing, so we're going to somebody else. But you and I were talking about this before the show, 
there's one lady that really stands out, and that's Sensational Sherry. Yeah, this one, the, <laughs> I think this one takes the cake. You have, uh, she's already in the Hall of Fame. Yes. Just like Moolah. Clearly, she she doesn't have all those uh, rumors attached to her name. You know, there's no pimping or no or, or half-assed training women and stealing their money. None that I could find. And, you know, nothing like that. Again, you <laughs> you have a much more viable option in Sensational Sherry or Sherry Martell, and she seems to be overlooked. And, and quite honestly, I don't know why. I don't. Again, we don't know. We don't necessarily know who made the decision to begin with. It, it, I think this would help a lot if we did. If we knew, maybe it was just the creative department. Maybe it was, maybe it was Vince. I, I don't know. But I think if we ever found that out, that would help quite a bit to give us some perspective about the thought process behind this. Yeah, I mean, sensational Sherry kind of, kind of like she she reeks of women empowerment though because you know she was. She was managing some top male wrestlers, and she was the one that carried their storylines. You look at a young Shawn Michaels, for example. I, I mean, he he would be the first one to tell you that she was synonymous with his singles career to to, to kickstart that. Uh, the stuff that she did with Savage during the, those days with the Macho King. I mean, it, and it's not just, it didn't stop there. It didn't stop with WWE either. It's it's all over the place. Like she's. She knew wrestling so well, and not only was she good in the ring, but she understood the business better than a lot of guys back then, too. Very true. And it just, if you talk about women empowerment, that women can do anything that men can do, like, that's somebody that I would put there. She, Yeah, she's pretty much the epitome of it. I mean, there's, uh, you'll, you'll hear on other podcasts and shoot interviews where she's talked about how just like Matt said, she she knew the business better than most of the guys, and she knew how to draw heat. She, you know, she knew how to get shine on baby faces. She, she knew she knew a lot about the business, and what set her apart from your typical female valet was she wasn't afraid to get in the ring and and take bumps, no. and, and not yeah. just take bumps from women, take bumps from men. She did it all the time. In fact, you know. A lot of the the old school mentality was if you're if you're a manager and you go to take bumps during a match, you should probably only do one, and anything else was considered, you know, a bad a bad approach to the situation. And I'm sure Sherry had uh, matches and, and instances where she took multiple bumps. But she was willing to, and if she if she felt the the need for it to happen, she would make it happen, and and she she went above and beyond always. So, if you're looking for someone to name a battle royal after, I I just don't understand why she she didn't get picked. I wonder if she was even mentioned. Yeah, at this that's point. that's that's one of those things where I like to be a fly on the wall in that meeting. If she was even mentioned, you know she. She was a woman that thrived in what was clearly a, a, a man's business. You know, I, I remember hearing stories when she managed Shawn Michaels, and you know, he wasn't the most well-liked guy in that locker room for different reasons at that point. But guys wouldn't sell. Guys wouldn't sell for Shawn Michaels. And she would just give him the business. That her, and said, you're going to sell for my guy. You will sell for him. And they sold. She had no, no, no problem... Getting in in the face of 
these male wrestlers who walked around like they owned the place, especially when a woman was present, and she she had no fear. And again, if you are talking about women empowerment, you know you 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 should be talking about having having the backbone to stand up for yourself or what you believe in, uh, having the the knowledge of what you're doing more so than anybody else, trying to be the smartest person in the room, male or female, and then just having the overall skill and just and perfecting it to the best of your ability. Like that's right there, just. Just being the best that you possibly can be and not screwing other people in the process. That right there is what any empowerment should be, man or woman. So if you're going to do a woman's battle royal named after somebody, Sensational Sherry or Sherry Martell should have been on, on that list at the very least. And even without the controversy uh, behind the fabulous Moolah, I, I still pick her over, over Moolah personally. Oh, yeah. Most, most definitely. Even as a even as a kid, uh, when I would watch the WWF, she always garnered my respect um, more so than even a lot of the the male managers, minus Bobby Heenan. I mean, but Bobby Heenan was just a super smart. Yeah, uh, he was super smart to the business. You know, he knew he knew how to do everything because he at one point he did everything. Yeah. So you know, it, he had all that experience. But with with Sherry, it, she wasn't you know the Miss Elizabeth, where she would come out and she was very meek, and you know didn't you know rarely got involved and you know tried not to be physical or anything like that. No, that was quite the opposite for Sherry Martell. <laughs> she you know she was not again she was not afraid to get physical in the ring with uh, both male and female opponents. She was not afraid to get get into the matches and and be involved and try to call spots. That's what that's one of the the many things that garnered helped her garner respect from both male and females in the locker room. Yeah, I'm, I I don't I don't know um, other women you could you could pick, I guess, but uh, I don't know if they had. Uh... A rule that they they need to be deceased. I don't know if that's something that cause yeah, it that, is a m- memorial. N- not anymore. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> it was. It was called that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that was that was a rule. Uh, I mean, I guess that kind of. I mean, that obviously limits your choices. But again, yeah. I mean, even if you had just those two, even if you said, "Well, May Young's not on that list because she already has the May Young Classic," and yeah, if that's your rule, then that's fine, whatever. So he leaves two at the very least. I, I don't know. To me, again, regardless of the the situation with the Fabulous Moolah, Sensational Sherry still embodies everything that you are showcasing in the women's revolution to begin with. She she was the revolution before the revolution, in my opinion. So Very true. And, uh, you know, besides those two, let's look at it through a different perspective and I'm going to mention a name here because I think she's relevant to the success of the WWF and and I'll leave it at that I'll leave it just vague like that because I'm not saying she advanced women's wrestling but she advanced the entire product and that is that name is Cindy Lauper so Cindy Lauper was an integral part of of the success of WrestleMania. 
Because essentially what she did was, her rock persona, her, her success in rock music, was very big at the time. And you, it was a culmination of things. You had her being big in music and um, the, the, new, the newfound media format of music video. And she was just extremely hot. Her career was like white hot. And they just so happened to get her involved in wrestling. And it wasn't just any wrestling. It was the WWF. And whether you like it or not, they they used her, her stardom and fame as one of the stepping stones to promote and help make Russell, uh, put WrestleMania number one on the map. And let's face it, if when you're talking about accolades and the advancement of, of, a, of a business in general, you can't deny her any of that. And what, what uh, is even more puzzling for me here now is she's not in their Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's that's weird. And, you know, and I'm not saying she has to go in as a worker or as as one of the talent, but why isn't she in there as a celebrity? There there was a there was a, a little bit of talk that we we came across on the internet where someone had asked the same question, and the the opinion was basically uh, it had to do with '80s wrestling's fa- '80s wrestling fans who are not around anymore enough to care. And it seems like the the company, being WWE, only wants celebrities that would garner them the most money. And since there's not enough fans out there that would necessarily remember her or think of her as relevant still, it didn't make sense for her to, to be put in. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily buy into that, that point of view. I think WrestleMania is is one of those forever things. It's a, it's an immortal entity. Uh, as long as the WWE has been around, you know, obviously WrestleMania is it's synonymous with the product. You have not, you know, these days there's a whole WrestleMania season. Yeah. You know, it starts with the Royal Rumble. So, you know, sitting there and and not at at, at the very least they could have attempted to name this after her. Yeah. Because I, quite honestly, I don't think they would have got the same backlash. If anything, it would have been like, well, who the hell is Cindy Lauper? Yeah. That I get. Yeah. Okay? That I get. Or yeah. why? Like, or, why, yeah, like, why well, Cindy Lauper? so special? She's not even a wrestler. But I, I can almost guarantee you, they there wouldn't be like, oh, no way, you can't have Cindy Lauper, uh, her name attached to this. So. Yeah, it wouldn't have been any, any of that. Um, I agree. I, I agree. Um Cindy Lauper, though, to me, I'm so dumbfounded, and this is the reason why I hate. I absolutely just find the the Hall of Fame a joke in WWE. Because let's look, let's 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 list these celebrities: um, Pete Rose, uh, William Perry, who played for the Bears. If you're not from Chicago, you probably didn't know that. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Bob Euchre. If I'm saying that right, yes, Bob Uecker. Uh Drew Carey, Mike Tyson, Donald Trump, uh, before he was president, Mr. T, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Snoop Dogg, and this year Kid Rock. All right, so let's take Snoop Dogg and Kid Rock. I'm reading the they have the reasons why, and oh, I gotta hear this for Snoop Dogg. It's 
He was Masters of Ceremony for the Playboy Bunny Mania Lumberjill match at WrestleMania 24. And he accompanied Sasha Banks to the ring for her match at WrestleMania 32. So that puts him in the Hall of Fame? Wait, there's more. There's more. He was a Raw guest host in 2009 and guest star in 2015. That's it. That didn't change your mind? No, hell no. That's all I got. (laughs) Good God. Uh, Kid Kid Rock. Let's what are you see. doing to me? Let's see what Kid Rock did. Um, he performed live at several WWE events, uh, Raw in 2000, WrestleMania 25, and Tribute to the Troops in 2012, and then the entrance music for The Undertaker and Stacey Keebler. Uh, a little bit more, a little bit more than Snoop Dogg did. I suppose, but, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean. Arnold Schwarzenegger has made numerous appearances on WWE programming. Yeah. I always remember him promoting End of Days. Yeah, End of I, Days. I remember seeing him. I like think it was crazy a, for that SmackDown. It was a SmackDown, yeah. yeah. See my movie, End of Days. You know, like, what the hell? <laughs> and nobody saw it. Yeah. Nobody saw it. Triple H is massive. <laughs> oh, my God, look at him, you know. Uh, Drew Carey. He was an entrant in the 2001 Royal Rumble. I do remember that. I do remember that, too, but... He eliminated the Hardy Boys. And that gets him in the Hall of Fame? That gets him in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, William Perry participated in the Battle Royal, WrestleMania 2. I mean, so... All right. As far as William Perry goes, you got to remember. Let's go back in time here. Get in your time machine or put on your time helmet. Let's let's do that. We're going to go back in time. And William the Refrigerator Perry, or the Fridge, part of the super famous uh, Super Bowl uh, champion Chicago Bears team. You're looking at the Fridge, I'm the Ricky. I may be large, but I'm no dumb cookie. You see me hit, you see me run. When I kick and pass, we'll have more fun. I can dance, you will see the others. They all learn from me. I didn't come here looking for trouble. I just came to the Super Bowl show. From what, 85, 86, or yeah, 86, the, the, 87? The Super Bowl was in 86. So, was, 80, but, so it was the 85, 86 season. Yeah, they're always calling them 85 Bears, but Super Bowl was in 86. So he has that going for him. That's part of the reason they have him in the Royal, uh, in, I'm sorry, not the Royal Rumble, the Battle Royal. Which, was, which took place in 86. <laughs> yeah. Uh, A few um, months after. Right. So he, that's why he's there. We get that. And that's that's what he's known for. He's not known for anything else. The only thing I can say about him being inducted in 2006, if you remember, that was also in Chicago. So, uh, uh, but again, that's I can think of. Right, that's that's <laughs> got to be what it is. It's like okay, we're going to be in in that neck of the woods. Who can we we put over locally, or you know, something to that effect? But but even then, like, why the fuck isn't Walter Payton in there? Yeah. I uh, mean, just because I don't get me wrong, he's done shit with with the the company before. Yeah, you know, it wasn't he wasn't in a fucking battle royal at a WrestleMania, but uh, let's look at some of these other other people. Um, Mike Tyson, <laughs> uh, <laughs> he uh, he was. <laughs> I think Mike Tyson does that every time he hears his name. <laughs> yeah, he does. I used to be somebody. There's no one that can match me. My style is impetuous. My defense is impregnable. And I'm just ferocious. I want your heart. I want to eat his children. So Mike Tyson, uh, he was a major part of WrestleMania 14. And 
he was a guest host for Raw in 2010. Let's—I don't care about that Raw thing, but WrestleMania, the what he did for WrestleMania 14, is that Hall of Fame worthy? Now, see, this is this is where it gets muddy for me because it, it wasn't just about him being at WrestleMania. That was a whole angle that was, you know, there was multiple appearances. Yeah. You know, multiple weeks where he was involved with the product. Right, right. That's what I'm referring to. Yeah, so it wasn't just a WrestleMania appearance. It just happened to culminate at WrestleMania because that's the way they engineered it. So uh, does that warrant him a, a spot in the Hall of Fame? To me, no, but... I'm also of the opinion that most of these fucking people in the Hall of Fame, not just celebrities, don't belong. But but that that's a whole nother can of worms here because now you do have those two sets of fans where like a lot of us wonder like why the fuck are all these people in the Hall of Fame and why aren't <laughs> all these other people in the Hall of Fame? Right. And there's a laundry list of those names. I'm not going to name uh, name them right now, but. You, you have those two schools of thought. And the only other thing I can come up with is, especially lately, and, and I'll mention Jeff Jarrett here in a minute when you know after, after I let you take over again, but it seems like what it's becoming is it's either about money or it's about what you can do for the company. And if you yeah. can do one of those two things, if you can draw money for them or you can, you can do some favor for them, then guess what? You're in the Hall of Fame. With the celebrity, I guess if you have to have a celebrity wing, I mean, do you do you like? I, I, obviously, you'd have to lower your expectations as far as getting into the Hall of Fame. I I've never been a fan of the celebrity wing personally. Uh, I mean, look look at another one, Pete Rose. Pete Rose took he he basically took tombstones at three WrestleManias. Does that get you a Hall of Fame? Taking three tombstones? I I think not. You know. For those of you who don't remember why Pete Rose got so famous back then was he was essentially banned from baseball for betting against his own team. Yeah. yeah. So that that's what landed him the notoriety to even be considered to be at WrestleMania. Right. Right. Yeah, you show up in, in the first WrestleMania he did in 14, Boston, make fun of the Boston crowd for not being able to win a World Series at that point, and then you get a tombstone for it, and the crowd goes wild. I mean, and then you do it again in Philly the following year, and boom, the crowd goes wild. And not really Hall of Fame worthy for for me there. Bob Uecker, guest ring announcer for WrestleMania three and four, big deal. Who cares? Uh, if, not, if I'm not mistaken, he was a shitty baseball player too. So he, he was he was a shitty baseball player, and you know, other than. I mean, he did announcing and, and things like that, but uh, again, nothing nothing that warrants a, a, a valid spot in a ho- WrestleMania or like the WWF Hall of Fame. So. Yeah. What about Donald Trump? Uh, hosted WrestleMania four and five at his oh, Trump I, Plaza. He, I know why he's in there. He made him fucking money. That's what. That, that's money, exactly yeah. why he's in there. So there you go. That's the. There's your reason there. And then there's there's Mr. T. Do you change your mind on Mr. T a little bit? Because uh, yes, I do change my mind about Mr. T. I, I agree. I, I you know on here this is what I'm reading headline. I I, mean, I just I knew headline the first WrestleMania, co-headline the second, and made appearances and wrestled in WCW, including a match at Starcade in 1994, which is not that important. But that first WrestleMania, we talk about Sidney Lauper being a huge draw for WrestleMania. Mr. T was just, had to be the same thing. Yeah, this is much the same vein uh, that we're talking about when it comes to Cindy Lauper. So, like, essentially, her and Mr. T are kind of in the same boat here. So, why isn't Cindy Lauper 
in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean, we talk about the idea that Sidney Lauper just is not going to be popular for the Hall of Fame for the today's audience because it's who the hell is Sidney Lauper? She's a little, bef- little bit before my time too. I could name like two songs by her, but it, it doesn't matter because you go to other sports, you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame. We're we're just now getting to the point where I can name every single player that's being inducted that year because we're now getting to like my era. Guys before that, you know, even with the NFL Hall of Fame, it's like I had to look up who this guy is. Oh, he played for this team. He did this and that. Does it mean that I don't care? No. I I personally me personally, it's it's kind of a kind of contradictory statement because I really don't watch Hall of Fames to begin with. I I mean it's great, congratulations, but I really don't want to hear your speech. That's just my that's me personally. That's there's no disrespect to them at all. But it's the same thing goes with the WWE Hall of Fame. Like I really don't watch it because and it's even if it was a legit thing, it's I really I just don't care. It's I'd rather watch what they did to get in the Hall of Fame than have them talk about it in you know in a tuxedo or a gown um the point is with the celebrity wing and with a lot of basically the entire hall of fame it's become a uh, a way to again make money it's a way to sell some tickets and it's also a way to heal wounds we saw that with wendy richter we talked about her and the, the screw job. She never made an appearance in WWE again until the Hall of Fame. She made that Hall, you know, and it was a way to say, hey, we're sorry. Here's a, here's a ring. On yeah, us. yeah, that seems like the only reason they offered her to be in the Hall of Fame was to make up for the fact that they screwed her. Let's be honest. I mean, I if I were going into a Hall of Fame, I wouldn't want that to be the reason that I got considered. Right. You know, that's horrible. But nevertheless, it happened. Look at look at Scott Hall, who they can't even call Scott Hall. They call him Razor Ramon. <laughs> we we can't put him in, we can't put him in the Hall of Fame because he's not clean. Well, why can't you put him in the Hall of Fame? Oh, because he's not clean. Well, why can't you put him in the Hall of Fame? Damn it, Page, meaning Diamond Dallas Page, because he's a junkie and that hurts our PR. But he's a Hall of Famer. Get him clean and then we'll talk. That's that's not that's not right. If he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. That he should be in the Hall of Fame, whether he's a junkie or not. I am all about him getting clean, which I'm glad that he has gotten clean. But if I'm in their shoes, you know, damn it, he's a Hall of Famer, and we're gonna put him in. It's just a joke. It's it really has become a joke. And this year, it's 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 the same thing again. We're inducting Goldberg. We're inducting Jeff Jarrett, who you can argue say, oh, he's done stuff for the business. And, you know, you and I were not Jeff Jarrett fans. If you're a Jeff Jarrett fan, that's that's on you. If you're a Jeff Jarrett fan, uh, sooner or later, I'm going to get on your nerves because (laughs) I am not a Jeff Jarrett fan. I'm very vocal about that. But, again, there's speculation. Is it speculation or is it legit that he's going to be working for them? Well, right right now it's speculation. So, So here's the deal behind Jeff Jarrett getting into the Hall of Fame. Let's look at before he was in, uh, announced. You have Jeff Jarrett, the performer, the the wrestler, if, or sports entertainer. He he is in and out of the company multiple times. The first time he was n- apparently he was not too 
happy about the way things were going with his storyline. So rather than, you know, do what they wanted him to do, he walked out and he took Brad Armstrong with him and pretty much promised Brad Armstrong that his father, Jerry Jarrett, had basically guaranteed spots in WCW waiting for them. Now, something something went wrong and something didn't pan out and it, that never came to be and Jeff ended up working for his dad in uh, USWA for a while but he eventually came back to the WWF and that was only one time. He's in and out of the WWF uh, I want to say three times, maybe four, but each time he was in and out it was always on bad terms and there always seemed to be some disagreement between him and the company or him and Vince McMahon and here we are it's 2018 and guess what he's getting a spot in the Hall of Fame I can guarantee you guys and and maybe I'll get some 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 hate tweets or, or some some bad Facebook comments about this but there's nothing Jeff Jarrett has done for the WWF the WWE WCW, NWA TNA, Impact Wrestling, any any promotion he's ever been associated with to the point where he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. There's there's just not. Even his own company? Even his own fucking company. <laughs> he's not that important, I can guarantee you. Yeah, I, I so I'm reading the again the reasons why they're being inducted. Do they have some listed for him? For him, yeah. I want to hear him. All right, so four-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion, six-time WWF Intercontinental Champion, and he is credited by WWE for promoting shows that gave future WWE superstars like AJ Styles, Bobby Roode, Eric, and Eric Young their first major exposure. So what you're telling me is he's in there for winning multiple championships with multiple companies and then also being responsible, whether indirectly or directly, for talent, future talent, to make it possible for future talent to to get over or at least have a shot in the business, right? Yeah, just for you know how many fucking people that criteria applies to. Yeah, like come on. I, I'm I'm trying to I'm looking at just double check, and you know it it would make a little more sense if he trained them, but he, yeah, those three guys that uh, were mentioned were not trained by Jeff Jerry, so <laughs> you didn't train them. You didn't do it. You just you just said, hey, I got a TV show. You want to come work for me? <laughs> so I, ridiculous. So that that is the before the Hall of Fame Jeff Jarrett. The the once the announcement hit, rumors abroad started to happen, and well, there's one that keeps coming back uh, relentlessly at this point. And let's face it, Vince McMahon is is not the not the Vince McMahon of old, and I think part of that is has a lot to do with Triple H. Triple H obviously has married into the family and the family business. He, you know, he's responsible for the success of NXT and the birth of it as as far as I know. And now he's, you know, taken over 205 Live, which I hope he turns around because that's a whole other can of worms. Yeah. But you you have Triple H uh, kind of like slowly taking over the business for Vince. And I'm not saying he's going to become the, you know, the sole person at the top of the company. But let's face it, at this point, 
he's the closest option that we have to someone actually running the company in a positive manner. Uh, he's not out of touch with with what's going on in in in, uh, in the world today. So Jeff Jarrett supposedly got into the Hall of Fame because he does have a lot of experience with talent, uh, being a, a backstage producer, booker, you know, a, a, like an all a jack of all trades, so to speak. And when dealing with talent, uh, being a road agent, things like that, are those valuable skills to have in the wrestling business? Of course they are. But that doesn't necessarily, he should should not have a, a spot in the Hall of Fame just for that. Or any of the accolades you, you just rattled off to me. Because again, those, those are... Those are pretty broad strokes that a lot of people can <laughs> fall under. I mean, I, I, I'm just being honest. Yeah, I mean, if, the, if that's the case, then every every uh, Booker Ex- exactly. Needs to be. I mean, the uh, what about the New Japan Booker? I mean, put him in the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> But no. th- that apparently is why Jeff Jarrett is getting a Hall of Fame spot because Triple H wants to kind of smooth things over between him and the company <laughs> so that w- once he does um, make a bigger move and take over more of the business, he has someone he can rely on with a lot of experience. Again, I'm sorry, th- there's other guys out there that, that could easily take that spot and probably do better at it. Yeah, yeah but, not, but not only that, but let's say, okay, you hire him, fine, whatever. There, there's got to be a better way of doing it. I mean, what, what, is, what is Jeff Jarrett doing now? I mean, he... He started a company. It, uh, it failed. He, well, as far as I know, he's he's either still in rehab or he's just gotten out of rehab. So therefore, you just offer him a check and say, "You want to come work for me? You know, we'll give you free we- rehab." I mean, it's, well, they, well, I'm pretty sure they've paid all his rehab. Oh, they already paid. Why isn't that not smooth enough then? As far as their relationship, I mean, I don't know. You you obviously have a problem. They're hooking you up with free rehab. That's to be like, hey, I want to work for this company. This, you know what this reminds me of? There's a, I believe it's the first evening with Kevin Smith. You can find it on DVD, probably on Amazon. Coincidentally, one of our partners is Amazon. And if you want to buy stuff from Amazon and still support the show, you can do that. For more information on how to do that, just go follow us at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Amazon. Go pick yourself up a copy of An Evening with Kevin Smith. On there, he talks about this one producer, Hollywood producer, who seems to be on a trend of failing upward in the business. The guy started off as a hairstylist in Hollywood, and then somehow he just like progressively rose through the ranks of Hollywood and became a big time Hollywood producer. I don't know the guy's name, but he is the producer and possibly the director of the Selma Hayek Will Smith movie the uh, Wild Wild West Wild Wild West yeah yes so there's a really funny anecdote Kevin Smith has on that DVD I won't ruin it for you because it is a really fucking entertaining story but it, this situation reminds me of that with Jeff Jarrett it's like he continually fucks up and he's not good at his job but somehow <laughs> he get it leads him to major pushes first and foremost and then eventually championships that he doesn't deserve yeah and eventually world titles and then eventually like he's running his own company (laughs) and then somehow he he pawns that his own he sells his own company to make money off of like he just keeps failing upwards and i don't get it any jeff jarrett fan up take the time hit us up on facebook facebook.com slash 20x20 crew 
or Twitter. Tweet me at 20x20crew on Twitter and let me know. Maybe I'm missing something. You know, maybe there's some big void of information out there that I have completely looked over. I understand my eyesight isn't good right now, and I got one functioning eye, but hey, I'm pretty sure I'm right on the money with this shit. <laughs> but if I'm if I'm wrong, hey, you're more than welcome to come and tell me. You know, last time I saw Jeff Jarrett in, in wrestling, he was throwing tortillas at a Mexican crowd. Uh, the last time I saw him, he was working for some small indie promotion up north. I want to say possibly in Canada or right okay. near the border. And he showed up two hours late and drunk. He was also drunk at this show, too. Yeah, so... Yeah, uh, representing his company at the time in GFW, he's completely drunk, and he is being very vulgar to the Mexican audience. It was for Triple Mania last year. (laughs) And he's throwing tortillas at the crowd. (laughs) And I laugh about it, but it's... I mean, I I don't even know how he made it out of that arena. Yeah. In one piece. I I wholeheartedly agree with you, because if I were in that crowd, and I were... Well, I am... I'm I'm half Mexican. But I'm still a Mexican, not a Mexican. Yeah. And I would have totally handed him his ass. (laughs) So, let's let's run down real quick this... uh, We'll play a little game here. And (laughs) it's it's real simple. We'll go down to this Hall of Fame, and you're gonna... You're gonna gonna answer... You're gonna tell me Hall of Famer or bullshit. All right? So... (laughs) It's time to play Hall of Famer bullshit. We already know what your your answer is for for Jeff Jarrett. Fucking bullshit. <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Goldberg. Oh, you know, I'm not the biggest Goldberg fan either. I'll be the first to say that. But I quite honestly, I think if he did, if he wasn't pushed the way he was pushed in WCW, this would not even be an issue. I wouldn't have to sit there and, and uh, have a shred of doubt. Okay. But unfortunately, he's kind of like the WCW version of Stone Cold Steve Austin because he did. He was a big part of them being pushed to such heights. I mean, let's. Uh, I'm not going to take anything away from the NWO or, or Hogan, but at the same time. His undefeated streak, and whether it was legitimate or not, and his his star power at the time, you you don't you don't fill the fucking Georgia Dome on a Monday night. That's true. By being some schlub, so I gotta give him that. So I say Hall of Fame. He's a Hall of Famer. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, I, I I this one I I'm pretty sure I'm gonna I know the I what I should know the answer to this one. I'm gonna ask you anyways. The Dudley Boys. Hall of Famers. Uh, I, I mean shit. Let's. Uh, Really quick, why are they Hall of Famers? Well, multiple tag team titles in multiple companies, which is one of those Jeff Jarrett criteria, right? Yeah. Road agents, bookers. What else have they done? Doing merchandise in ECW. Yeah, merchant. <laughs> there you go. I'm pretty oh. sure. I'm pretty sure Jeff Jarrett. I mean, even though he's probably had uh, experience, probably not like the Dudley Boys. Bubble was booking like within his first year of being in the business yeah he was he was booking yeah he was booking for ecw <laughs> so hall of famers no, no, yeah no, no question yeah no question um the women the woman inductee i guess they're only doing one a year apparently uh this year it is ivory hall of famer or bullshit hall of famer she's a hall of famer because she's a legitimate worker and you know she has held titles yeah and three-time women's champion right she's three times so and a glow champion 
Right, and the Glow Champion. You know, she she definitely has a pedigree about her. And let's face it, out of all the the divas and, and all the things going on around that time where women's wrestling wasn't being progressed, yeah, um, and it was all about uh, you know TNA. Ivory still was not that. She wasn't a diva. She was an actual women's wrestler. You know, one of the few. Yeah. So yes, Hall of Famer. Next one is Hillbilly Jim. Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Hell yeah. I was looking at him. Uh, some of his his track record, and I was surprised that in 30 years uh, within WWE, I, it wasn't all as a wrestler. Never held a championship. No, he was not one Ever. of those. He, yeah, he was not one of those guys. Is that a problem for you? No, no, not at all. Uh, he, you know, it, it's one of those things where there, there is that mentality in the business where you do have guys, you do have talent that are so over, are so successful that they don't necessarily need a title or a championship. And Hugh Billy Jim was one of those guys. And you know what? He didn't care. He didn't push the company and be like, damn it, give me a title or I'm going to leave or anything like that. No. He went and he did his job all the time and he did it well. He was always over. There was never ever ever a time where hillbilly jim came out and, and people were like fuck this shit no that never happened so yes hall of famer hall of famer okay bonus round here celebrity wing so oh shit here gonna, we go i'm gonna lower your expectations I, i'm gonna have you lower your expectations i should say i should say kid rock given uh, celebrity and everything hall of famer or bullshit fucking bullshit sorry rob <laughs> So he's a kid rock fan, huh? Uh, no, but he, I, I love Rob. Rob's my brother, but he, <laughs> we, we, we talked about it on Facebook very briefly, and he, he gave us the reason uh, that more than likely the reason Kid Rock was is going to be inducted is because he did, you know, shows for the troops. Yeah, that's fine. I have no problem yeah. with that. I, I support that a hundred percent. But that's not necessarily a reason for. Or being entered into a Hall of Fame. I guess it is with this company. (laughs) But, I mean, let's face it. Let's go back and... Again, that criteria. If we're if if that's a criteria that gets you, you into the Hall of Fame, well, guess what? There's other guys that are not in the Hall of Fame that have done way more for those overseas tours than Kid Rock, and that's my point. Yeah, I mean, by the way, you could talk to us too. By the way, so you can talk about Facebook, uh, Twenty X Twenty Wrestling Talk, www.facebook.com/groups/20x20talk. Check us out. Talk yeah, to we you. we started our own little group, um, and. It, it is a closed group, but uh, you know you're more than welcome to hit us up on social media and let us know you're interested, and, and we'll definitely throw you in there. Yeah, talk to other wrestling fans. It's, it's a great place to talk wrestling. Uh, so check us out again. www.facebook.com/groups/20x20talk. Our main Facebook page is facebook.com/20x20crew, and again we're on Twitter at 20x20crew. So we're out there. I, I yeah no, I, I can't say no. So he's bullshit. Yeah, he's he's fucking bullshit. I mean at this point, I mean why not we just we just put like fucking Fred Durst in there? Like oh he. Undertaker came out to to Roland, so let's let's do hey, that. He you drew know? money. He drew money. He drew money. So but if I you're mean, gonna, if you're gonna put a, mu- a a musical act, why not? I don't know the name of the band anymore, but why not add the DX band? Man, I, I mean that that, we, that know, makes more sense yeah, than Kid Rock. Uh, you'll you'll hear it in uh, uh, spoiler alert. We're gonna do a 
an anniversary show for WrestleMania 14. Um, coming up very soon here. Coming up very soon. But yeah, come to find out, doing some research on WrestleMania, they get edited out of WrestleMania performances beca- yeah. because they weren't well received during their performance. You're right. I mean, it's like the, you have this list of shitty criteria or half-assed criteria. I'll say half-assed. That's better. Yeah. Half-assed criteria uh, and and people meeting that and uh, hey, guess what? Now you're Hall of Famer. So, yeah, why not? Why not the DX band? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it just, you did more already for the company. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but also, too, you look at the songs for The Undertaker and for Stacey Keebler. They weren't written for The Undertaker or Stacey Keebler. They just, he no, just gave were, them the rights. Yeah, they were just licensed. Yeah, they were limited licenses that they were able to use. I mean, if you're going to, and maybe this is my bias here because I'm a metal fan, or hard rock in this case, but why not uh, How Come Motorhead isn't in the Hall of Fame yet? I mean, they actually wrote songs for Triple H and Evolution. Yeah. Um, those are songs that they wrote exclusively for WWE or WWF at the time. That makes more sense. You know, just because Kid Rock, you know, did a couple of live performances. I mean, doesn't mean he's a Hall of Famer. Just I don't know. That's that's bullshit. So I, <laughs> let me let me tally up the score here because I skipped the the War Award on purpose. I mean that's <laughs> I I don't I don't feel comfortable in asking yeah. that question for for a little kid. So um, skipping that one. <laughs> But, but uh, we're we're uh, three and three. Three and three, huh? So so the 2018 Hall of Fame overall is it uh, is it a good Hall of Fame or is it bullshit? Overall, it's fucking bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you, you and I, we, we're not going to be uh, watching this show. I, no, I you, and you know what? I, I'm again. I'm probably sounding like I'm just sitting here bashing the product. But for those of you who don't know, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my cr- my credentials at you. Uh, I do support their Hall of Fame when it when it's appropriate. As a matter of fact, I was there in Houston taking part in the ceremony to induct Stone Cold Steve Austin. That'd have been awesome. I bought my fucking ticket. Me and my brother Joe went, and you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin belongs in not only the WWE Hall of Fame or WWF Hall of Fame, but the Wrestling Hall of Fame. Yeah. Because he really did transcend uh, the business at the time. So, yeah, I I was behind that one. And that's why I was there. I was there to support it. We should do our own Hall of Fame. We should. We should. You you know what? Take the time. And uh, if you're listening to this, first of all, thank you for listening, as always. But also... Uh, hit us up on social media or the website, 20x20crew.com. Let us know who you would like in the Hall of Fame. Who would you like to see, celebrity or otherwise? I'm open to hear some celebrities because I think... I think, yeah, sell us on that. Yeah, I mean, they, you can sell me on certain celebrities. I mean, I'd have to think of them because uh, they're not sitting on the top of my head here, but... Yeah, I, I believe there's there's got to be uh, obviously Cindy Lauper. Yeah, the first one to say Cindy Lauper, you already won. Yeah, I mean. Cindy Lauper <laughs> and Mr. T are cool with me. Other than that, I'll have to sit and think about it and do yeah. some research. But but yeah, hit us up and, and let us know how you feel. We're gonna have to take a quick break and pay some bills. We'll hell, see you soon. Hell yeah, we're gonna take we're gonna take a break, pay some bills, and get rid of some of this fucking bullshit. <laughs> are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I can't tell you what to do. I can't tell you what to wear. Think that you're better? Hell no, I'm not better. Well, you better get ready. 
but I am smarter. Bow to the masters. I'll bow to the masters. The masters over at Rays. Rays will hook you up with all kinds of discounted gift cards for your favorite places to eat, for your favorite places to shop online and in store. They have any place you could possibly think of, and they even have discounts on ride sharing services like Lyft and Uber in case you guys need to make it to a show. So hop on over and support the show. Support your 20x20 crew. Visit us for more information on raise and discount gift cards over at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. That's R-A-I-S-E, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash raise. And we got two words for you. Save money! And we are back. Bills are all paid. Thank you very much. And we're going to stay on topic with current WrestleMania talk here. Guys who uh, will be debatable on whether they should or should not be in the Hall of Fame someday. Uh, John Cena uh, came out. Boo. (laughs) Insert boos here. Uh, John Cena came out on the most recent edition of Raw. And he called out The Undertaker for the second time, actually, uh, during his WrestleMania season. The the whole thing is John Cena apparently doesn't have any WrestleMania m- match. And he's desperate to get on the WrestleMania card because we're supposed to believe that John Cena can't just go to Vince McMahon's office and say, Hey, I'm going to be in WrestleMania. Put me in a match somewhere. Because, you know, that's that's... That's exactly how it works uh, for John Cena. But we're not supposed to know that, and we're supposed to believe that John Cena can't actually get a match. So he took a shot at the Universal Universal Championship number one contendership, lost that match. And he took a shot at the WWE Championship, lost that match. So it's like, hey, I'm going to call it The Undertaker, and that's what he did. He's just swinging for the fences, man. Like, what the hell? And then he's, he just he gallivants all over the damn place. He's on Raw, he's on SmackDown, you know, wherever he wants to go. Yeah, wherever he wants to go. And, he, and, and now that he's not getting his way, I'm going to go call out The Undertaker. I just got to say, how, how do you how does one become a free agent in, uh, in WWE? I mean, everybody has the brand that they were drafted on. And John Cena's like, hey, you know what? Uh, my contract expired with SmackDown, apparently. I... I'm a free agent now. I go wherever I want. Like, where's that happen? Not even Brock Lesnar's a free agent. Fellatio. Ah. Lots and lots of fellatio. Um, I don't. I don't know. That's I, a technical I, term, by the way. <laughs> uh, I know. Honestly, I don't know. Um, all joking aside, you know, he is the. He's he's one of the the top guys in the company, and he. I guess he he has that freedom to go and do do things like that yeah yeah i'm i'm a free agent again nobody else has free agency it's not like the contracts are expiring on on the screen i whatever but (laughs) (laughs) so so you uh you call out the undertaker and i hasn't hasn't been nothing's been responded to yet and here we are let's just let's just call it for what it is we're gonna get john cena versus the undertaker 
the IWC was correct on this one. Oh, boy. Yeah, thank you very much for that. <laughs> I mean, your thoughts on this on this match? Uh, one, I am not excited by this match at all. I love The Undertaker. I think he needs to stay retired. Just because you have a new hip doesn't mean you have to go play with it. <laughs> okay, let's let's be realistic here. To make matters worse, you have John Cena calling you out. Fuck John Cena. Let him let him keep calling. Let hopefully someone else answers the call for Undertaker. You know. Yeah. You know what I would like to see? It probably won't happen. But let him call out the Undertaker. Undertaker doesn't answer, but someone else does. Alistair Black. Yeah. There you go. Alistair Black answers. That's my fantasy booking for the week. There. Alistair Black answers. And not only does he answer, but he wins. He wins convincingly against John Cena. That's that's just too smart for WWE at this yeah, point. Yeah, unfortunately. Uh, my thoughts on this match. So we're gonna we're gonna be watching this. I'm assuming here at the uh, twenty by twenty domain. I I, I called dibs on uh, on the bathroom because this, <laughs> this this is. Is this your popcorn match? This is what I call the bathroom match. The bathroom this, match? this is when you relieve your, yourself and you take care of your business so you can watch all the other action. And I, that's all due respect to the Undertaker. I I don't need to go in a detail to, to to say how much the Undertaker means to me as a wrestling fan. Uh, he's one of the most important wrestlers, characters, the whole shebang to me as a fan. John Cena is, you know, he's... He's John Cena. I I agree. He he competed in the match last year against Reigns, and he was terrible. And that kind of happens when you age and your body breaks, and you just your body's just tired. You're you're tired of doing this, and that's fine. I I don't hold the match with Roman Reigns last year against him at all. It, it it's it was not a good match. He knows it's not a good match. At least he should know it's not a good match. But you also are competing after decades of putting everything on the line for the same company for for as long as you have. Putting them on your back, and now you're just saying, your body's just telling you, like, dude, I'm done. I'm done. And I agree. You you get a new hip, so go go be with your wife. Go be with your family. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't come back. Not for this reason. I, I'm... I fully endorse any Undertaker appearance uh, that is non-physical. I'd be there in a heartbeat. Yeah. Come to C2E2 in Chicago. Please. Yeah. <laughs> Please. I, I would absolutely... Yeah, exactly. I'd, I'd be right there, right behind you. And as far as this match goes, I, I don't want to see it for a number of reasons. And I, we both listed the first one. It's because it's not the same Undertaker. He's... It's the same thing when, you know... With, with Sting. I'm a huge Sting mark. And when Sting came back, or came to, I should say, to WWE, it seemed cool. It seemed great. Like, oh, that's awesome. But then it's like, again, you, you, you come to that realization that, hey, that's uh, that's not the same Sting that I, I watched growing up. And it's because he's old. He's older. It, it, it's just... It's, it's the same thing with me and, and Heavy Metal. And this year... And you know how much this band means to me personally. The the Almighty Slayer is is having a farewell tour. They they're saying goodbye. And I I know we've had farewell tours and with other bands in the past. With Slayer, I believe it. 
lead singer Tom Araya is flat out tired. He's tired. And these guys tore their asses off for decades carrying metal on on their back. Very, very similar to what The Undertaker did with WWE. You're just tired. And it's okay. You you busted your ass. You, you paid your dues. Go rest. Go rest and bask in, in the glory that you created. Um, as far as John Cena is concerned, again, if John Cena wanted a match, he... I mean, you can wrestle. I don't care if you fight James Ellsworth for all. You know, sign, resign that dude. I care. I, you know, <laughs> I understand, but I, that's all I need is John Cena parading around the ring with the intergender heavyweight championship <laughs> of the world. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe John Cena can go through the the Hall of Famers and fight Goldberg and Jeff Jarrett in a gimmick battle royal triple threat match. Actually, I don't know uh, how much of this you have witnessed so far, but the internet wrestling community is keeping this rumor out there about John Cena and how he's, you know, apparently he's going to call out The Undertaker and The Undertaker's not going to um, take him up on the offer. And we'll, we'll see that followed through on the actual WrestleMania show. And apparently it's supposed to come to a head where we, we just, you know, John Cena looks like he gives up on WrestleMania during WrestleMania. And then unfortunately, he comes out and interferes in a heavyweight title match. And right now, they're saying it's supposed to happen during the AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura match. Oh my god, I hope this is only a rumor and it doesn't come to fruition because I will be one pissed off motherfucker. And that's that's the understatement of the century. So like during the match? Like like during during the card he's supposed to come out and call out the Undertaker one last time and Undertaker doesn't take him up. He doesn't there's a no show. And so he just gives up. Or makes it looks like he gives up on WrestleMania. Okay, I don't have a WrestleMania appearance opponent. I'm done. Walks off. And then later on, wherever they're placing Shinsuke and AJ, at this point, if this rumor becomes true, the only real sense in order for them to get the effect out of it that they're they're going to want to warrant, they would have to be the main event. Yeah. Or the co-main event. Yeah, I was just saying. But I, 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 would ha- I would, in order to get maximum effect... It would have to be the main event for me. I I, uh, I debunked that rumor just because of that then. Because AJ and Shinsuke won't be the main event. They should be, but they won't. Um, I, I also, uh, as uh, don't get me wrong, kudos to, to you guys out there. You're, you know, you're using your brain power and your fantasy book. And, and whether there's truth to this rumor or not, I guess only time will tell. You know, obviously speculation is part of what we do here, but I think a a more realistic fantasy booking here that might actually come true is, first of all, let's face it, it's going to be Reigns and Lesnar in the main event. Yeah. Okay, whether we like it or not, that's going to happen. Right. Now, does John Cena come out and interfere in that match? That seems more plausible to me because Lesnar doesn't want to sell to Reigns. Right. So, you know what? Yes. Let's let's do that. Let's have John Cena get no-showed by The Undertaker and get pissed off. He gives up on WrestleMania, and the only way he decides to come and feel vindicated, he comes out and he takes it out on the, the Lesnar and Reigns match. 
and he interferes and he, he fucks things up. I could see that happening. Sounds like a WWE finish. Right? I mean, it's it sounds terrible, but it sounds like a <laughs> WWE finish. <laughs> I, yeah, I, 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 I wish they would just stop complicating things with this guy and just give him... Just give him a match. Just give. I don't, I don't know. Throw him in a... What other titles? I, fucking create a title for John Cena. I don't care. Just No, don't say that because there's an NXT show the night before with a brand new title. I don't want him showing up as part of that match. Uh, he's too He's too uh, big for NXT. It won't, you, it won't. you say that now. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I mean, can't this, isn't there like a Ferdinand the Bull 2 movie or something to make? Or, <laughs> I, Jesus. Like, just... Just stay away. Like I, I, I don't know. I, all I gotta say is, if he does interfere in the Shinsuke AJ Styles match, after that, and I'm gonna sound like a wrestling snob here, and I'm fine with that. If you, if, <laughs> if that happens, and if anybody out there remains a fan of WWE after that, you're not a friend of mine. You, you, you and I can't hang. Because if, if that happens and you're okay with that, then you, you just you, you hate wrestling. <laughs> you hate professional wrestling. Uh, <laughs> I just I I can't even be around you. I would oh unsubscribe to the WWE network. They wouldn't even they're not even worth my ten bucks anymore if that's the case. Like I, I absolutely give up. <laughs> um as far as I'm interfering on the the I was I'm about to say Braun Strowman match. The Brock <laughs> Well actually Braun Strowman. There you go. Braun Strowman needs a tag team partner. I mean right now he's facing the bar in a handicap match. Just give him, give him John Cena's tag team partner. They could be a. They could become tag champs. Yeah, they could be the, like the 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 poor man's mega powers. Oh God! You know, poor ha- crazy handshake and all. Crazy. <laughs> 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 all that has happened here on Saturday night's main event: the mega powers, the madness, Macho Man Randy Savage, and the heavyweight champion and Hulkamania. But I don't, I don't know, I don't care. You know, give John Cena, give. Bring back like a a hologram of the Ultimate Warrior and have him do like a fucking pose off or something like just <laughs> anything like. <laughs> I I don't know, man. Like there's there's always the uh, the battle royal. The I I think they're still doing the Andre the Giant battle royal. Just just do that. I mean, they should because you do have the Andre the Giant documentary coming out on HBO uh, a few days later. Or we, like a week later. Yeah. So, yeah, no, like four days later. So. There you go. John Cena, will you go win the Andre Giant Trophy? And I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this guy just frustrates me because there's really nowhere good to put him. He's he's such a nuisance at this point. And he knows he's a nuisance. Because, again, he runs around. I'm a free agent. I don't belong to any show. I do whatever I want. And that's kind of been the the whole premise of your entire career is you do whatever the fuck you want to do and you don't care if fans like you but Matt his time is now <laughs> uh, your time was 2005 my man 2005 I give it up uh, and as far as the Undertaker goes please listen to what I just said give it up man because it's time it's the, time it's time to go the kids they need their thugonomics oh man we're life and basic thugonomics you know it's funny too because like i saw him not that long ago he was he was in the <laughs> i'm sorry yeah he was in a uh, he was doing a rap for uh one of the wwe 2k video games and he comes in he's got like fucking cargo shorts on and a salmon colored button-up shirt and sandals 
and like he's still rapping. Like that's, I don't know rap. I don't mean rap. I, I don't know a whole lot of rappers. Admittedly, I don't imagine they look like that though. And not only that, but I'm a better rapper than John Cena. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know about the salmon colored shirt either. So, <laughs> just saying. But yeah, I I uh, there used to be a time when the uh, the women's matches because they were not serious at all. They were my bathroom matches, but uh, John Cena and the Undertaker. I never thought I'd say that about an Undertaker match, but uh, I called dibs. I called dibs on the, wow. the closest bathroom. Okay, that's that's my take on that. Uh, I don't know when it comes to WrestleMania in general right now. It's there's a few matches that stand out to me, and there's other, other ones where it's like, well, I'm glad I'm not watching this alone. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, as we get closer to WrestleMania season, or WrestleMania, we are WrestleMania season, to WrestleMania day, uh, and we get more exact matches, we're gonna run down that entire card. Uh, and actually, too, coming up soon, we're gonna wrap, we're gonna talk about uh, the entire week. That's coming up very soon on a future episode. Because one thing we like to do on this show is we like to showcase so many different other options out there besides WWE. WWE is a good place to watch. Uh, wrestling or a wrestling-esque product, sports entertainment, if, if you will. And there's nothing wrong with being a WWE fan because we are, but we also would like to encourage you to broaden your horizons as a wrestling fan and see what else is out there because you never know what you like, what you may like, until you give it a shot. Uh, so that's coming up on a future episode. But that would do it for this episode. I've been Matt. I'm Joe. And until next time, we'll see we'll you in see the you ring. We'll see you in the ring. All right, I thank you very much, Vince McMahon. I've got to pose some of the questions to you, Ultimate Warrior, that Vince just discussed with the World Wrestling Federation champion, Hulk Hogan. First of all, what happened tonight? Ultimate Warrior. What happened tonight was already written, Hulk Hogan. It was written a long time ago when the warriors that came before me and you Yes, I'll do it. Now what we must do is beyond us, Hulk Hogan. I stood with my back to you, Hulk Hogan. And I knew you were not dumb. But Hulk Hogan, when I looked into your eyes, I saw walls. Walls filled with fear. Fear the red dick for you, Hulk Hogan. At Royal Rumble, I needed no friends. I needed no partners. Every man stands by himself like the ultimate warrior. Always has! But Hulk Hogan, you still do not understand. You still have mistrust. I need not your protection, Hulk Hogan. Look on the wall please, of please. the Joe Lewis Arena. The, world? the warriors that could not come have attached themselves to the outer structure, Hulk Hogan. They're seeping through, dealing me, feeding me with the power to survive. They ride on my back for my protection. I need not you, Hulk Hogan. And if you look closer, you will notice red and yellow, the colors of Hulkamania, Hulkamaniacs that are questioning. Do you have, Hulk Hogan, what it takes to be the most powerful force in the entire universe? Hulk Hogan, look at me, Hulk Hogan. Look at me! Please. Without the paint, Hulk Hogan, the desire 
to withstand the pain and give you the utmost in battle and combat at WrestleMania 6 still stands. Oh, Colgan, for I am the chosen one. I get the impression that we've got a loose cannon on our hands, ladies and gentlemen, with the Ultimate Warrior. We're going to be back with James Buster Douglas right after this. Don't go